I only hope that we never lose sight of one thing that was all started by a mouse. Well, hello everyone out there in podcast land. This is the Beyond the Mouse podcast, part of the Front Row Network of shows, the folks that love movies. So uh, we've got a really awesome episode here today, and I want to get started right away with it. We've got some, we've got an incredible guest, someone that I'm really looking forward to picking their brain about all things Disney. But before we get to that, I wanted to uh, first introduce my co-host, Miss Vanessa. How are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Good. So the last time that we talked, you had been to Disney in between episodes. Did you decide to just make that a a monthly thing or? Okay, here's the deal. I keep telling myself, I'm not going back. I'm not doing it. Actually, I think I'm going at the very beginning of March again. So that's that's it. That's it. I mean it. I don't have a problem. We don't need an intervention. It's fine. That's fantastic. So just a few pieces of housekeeping. First of all, uh, we are going to have the Disney dad or one of the Disney dads on the show, uh, Justin here, and I'll introduce him in just a second. But if you're new to the podcast, uh, because you're coming over to us from the Disney dads, thank you so much for checking us out. You can subscribe by just going to Beyond the Mouse, uh, search for that in iTunes. You'll be able to find us right there. Um, and then Outside of that, we also are missing one of our co-hosts this week. We don't have uh, Brett with us. He is busy getting ready and helping the Hoagland put on a little night music. It'll be airing, uh, opening up this Friday night. So if you're in the Springfield, Illinois area, I know that many of our listeners are not. But if you are, then definitely go check out a little night music at the Hoagland. And you'll be able to see uh, the kind of work that Brett's been putting in into that production. And uh, we are looking forward to have him back next month. Which, by the way, I did just finally get Coco. So I will be watching Coco and we will finally hit it. Um, that's the one bad part about having a, a two-year-old is that they can't quite take him to the theater yet, right? So, um, But with that, uh, we'll go straight into introducing our guest for today. And I'd like to introduce to everybody Justin from the Disney Dads. How are you? Doing well. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be on. That's excellent. So um, I've got a bunch of questions that we'll throw at you here in a little bit. But the first question that we ask of any guest on any Front Row Network podcast is, what's your favorite movie? Ooh, wow. That's a hard one. Um, Doesn't have to be Disney. Yeah, I would probably go with uh, probably go Lord of the Rings trilogy. Oh, that's amazing. I'm going tra- right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to cheat a little bit. I'm going to go all three. That's fantastic. So extended editions? Yo, so, definitely. Yeah, give me so four and a half hours. We're hours talking like we're talking like eighteen hours of movie here. I'm right? talking locking myself in a room and just forget the world for for a, a you know almost a full day. So that is absolutely fantastic. Um, so uh, not to continue to plug stuff that we just did, but we were just at St. Louis Comic Con. One of the panels we got to go see was uh, Sean Astin, Sean Bean, and Billy Boyd, and they oh, were all right. talking about all of their stories. So. You can find all that on our channel, but uh, it, it was just such a cool experience. And so it's making me want to go back through the whole trilogy. And I, I've actually never seen the extended editions, so I'm excited to go back and go and relive and re-experience that. But for folks that may not uh, know what the Disney Dads are, what your podcast is all about, can you give us a brief description of what you guys have started over there? Yeah, definitely. We're, uh, we, uh, have, we're about 20 episodes in, and uh, it's three dads. We came together. We love talking Disney with each other, and we thought – Let's start a podcast and let's kind of approach Disney from a dad's point of view and a family point of view as well. So we got together and uh, and got that going and we just really enjoyed how it's progressed and uh, and grown and our Disney family's gotten larger and larger with each episode and uh, have an amazing group of people over on the Facebook group as well. So we've really, really enjoyed our time. Absolutely. I, I, that's your Facebook group is incredible because it's so many dedicated Disney fans that have come together and they talk and share stories and questions and just everything you can love about Disney. I'm, I'm jealous of the amount of engagement that you guys get on a daily basis. You just have such great content up there. And it's just a cool community of people. Yeah, we're really lucky. Yeah, we're really lucky. The people are just, they're fantastic. I mean, they are just some of the best people. And we keep it positive. We keep it fun. And we keep it Disney. As Jason likes to say, one of my co-hosts, we keep it Disney. And so everything that happens outside of the Disney world, the Disney bubble, we kind of push to the side 
And uh, we just keep it a positive place where everyone can share their feelings about Disney and their pictures and their stories. And uh, that's the way we like it. Yeah, absolutely. So search out Disney Dads Podcast on Facebook if you haven't already joined their group. Highly suggest it. You'll get, like I said, just all that Disney feeling all of the time. Um, and, you know, we could also start to plug, but you, you guys just started this in the fall. And I, I've i always wondered, because I don't know if it was addressed in the first episode or not, um, how did you guys all meet? How did you come together? Why did you decide to do the podcast? It's a very funny story. So Jason and I knew each other from another podcast called Two Men in the Mouse. And we were both big fans of Two Men in the Mouse. And we kind of talked uh, to each other for a few years through that that uh, that Facebook group and the people over there. And Jason and I met up at Disney one time and we just hit it off. We had a blast. Our families got along. We spent a lot of time together. And Jason had known Mike uh, from another, you know, another venture through Disney. And he, Jason kind of just brought us all together. And it's been like, you know, I'm an only child, but it's been like having just two brothers thrown at you. Uh, you know, in, in your in your mid thirties. I mean, they we we argue like brothers, but we love each other like brothers. And it's just you know, we're, we I talk to them more than I talk to my wife a lot of times. It's uh, <laughs> it's it's scary at times. That's excellent. Um, I and- I know two men in a mouse. I know yeah. that. I'm like. Fangirl train is pulling in right now. I'm getting really excited. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kevin Kessler does a great job over there. Um, and it's just cool that there's these different Disney podcasts that support each other, have these great uh, fans, and then they uh, continue to grow and build. I mean, you guys started this in the fall, and it's like you're pros at this point. I mean, uh, you're on, like you said, episode 20. I just started listening to it on the car ride home today, uh, the the love stories episode. I didn't oh, get yeah, really yeah, into yeah. it, but it's just like the, the way that you guys interact, you, you would think that you all grew up together, but one of you is in the, you know, one of you, I, I think you're what in the South, you're in South Carolina. I'm in Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Jason is in Wisconsin and Mike is just right outside of New York city across the bridge in, in New Jersey. So sounds like he's right off the set of the Sopranos. Yeah. Um, he, I'll tell you it's, and, and that's another thing I think whenever we start thinking about it, it's, it's three people from three different geographical locations, three different stories, three different ways we approach Disney. And we wanted to, uh, to come together, you know, so we could bring our, our point of views, you know, and really hammer that out with people all around the country. Absolutely. So uh, we've got some news to cover today uh, because there was a huge D23 Expo in Japan. So we, of course, had ours in Anaheim over the summer. And now this uh, this news has broken from the Parks and Resorts panel over there in uh, Japan. And what I wanted to do, instead of recapping exactly everything that went on, was just talk to both of you about what you were most excited about. What was your, your favorite announcement out of that Parks panel? And and then we can get right into some questions from the Disney Dads Facebook group. So what I'll start with Justin, since you're the guest. What uh, was your favorite announcement out of the parks and resorts panel over at D23? There was a ton of great stuff. Uh, when I saw that, you know, D23 dropped the article later at night, um, and I popped on the article and was reading through it, and I was so excited. But the one thing that really jumped out at me is not something that is going to really affect us at Walt Disney World or Disneyland, and it's the Marvel uh, superhero universe coming to the Disney Studio Parks in Disneyland Paris, and them reimagining Rock and Roller Coaster with the, uh, with the Marvel characters. How amazing is that? And I'm hoping that that will eventually be coming over to, uh, to Walt Disney World as well. Absolutely. I, I think we should all dream of just uh, taking a trip over to Disneyland Paris. Doesn't that make the most sense? No, let's do it. Let's go. We were yeah. in London. We were in London not too long ago, and uh, my wife was like, "Let's take the train to just go to Paris to go to Disneyland Paris for the day." I'm like, "Let's let's calm down just a little bit. We have a three year old with us. Let's you know." <laughs> yeah, you might want to wait just a couple more years. Yeah, yeah. Right? Let's let's calm down. Yeah, absolutely. So, Vanessa, what what do you think about uh, the rock and roller coaster getting a Marvel overlay in Disneyland Paris? Well, you know that. You are the superhero guy, and uh, I, I'm not as into that. And I really like, you know, Aerosmith and stuff. But I think that's very cool. Um, if I can tell you, my favorite thing that came out of the expo was actually the um, the new of the new float for the Paint the Night um, parade. Um, I am just like fingers crossed, edge of my seat that they're going to bring some kind of night parade eventually. 
to the Disney World Resort. So seeing them invest in another float for Disneyland, I'm just like, oh, it's, it's maybe, maybe it'll happen. Maybe I'll have it. If nothing else, I can go to Disneyland and I know that it's going to be there for a while because they're investing in, you know, new pieces for that parade. So I'm really excited about that. Absolutely. What well, I'm so surprised. I, I, I made sure I had like two or three deep on this list because I thought for <laughs> sure one of you would talk about Guardians of the Galaxy, the indoor roller coaster, because that, of course, we knew that there was going to be a Guardians of the Galaxy ride coming to Epcot. They announced that last D23 in Anaheim. But now we know that it's going to be an indoor roller coaster. It's going to be like, like Epcot Space Mountain, right? I mean, how exciting is that? Yeah, one of the longest uh, in the world. Sorry, Chris. And three words, innovative ride system. That I, I'm so excited to see what they do. They, they're really hyping this up with this mystery of what could the new technology be in this indoor roller coaster. I'm just super excited. So I'm glad, glad you all are on the same page, too. Absolutely. And like uh, Justin was saying, the, the longest or largest in uh, the world. Yeah, yeah. it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a, something Epcot really needs. Uh, is is when that comes because I think that once we get that and we have the Ratatouille coming, we're going to see a re uh, reimagining of the Fast Pass tier system there, and mm-hmm. that's one thing I'm really excited about. Absolutely, and you guys did a great episode on Ratatouille and that coming to Epcot. So I encourage our listeners to go over and listen to the Disney Dads episode about that. You'll get all the information you could want about that ride, and you can also see some of the ride throughs of Ratatouille in particular um, from Disneyland Paris right now on YouTube. So go check those out after you're done listening to us. Right? That's right. Um, so. I also had another one that I really wanted. I'm really excited about and talk about a park that needs some love immediately. Uh, but in the long term is going to probably be one of the most popular parks in, in Walt Disney world or in the Disney park system. And that's Hollywood studios. I'm really excited that they announced that uh, Mickey's runaway railway is coming and it's going to be opening sooner than I expected it to. It's going to be opening in 2019. And I'm just excited to see what they do with that space. I was a big fan. Um, as Vanessa knows, my, my wife is a huge fan of the great movie ride and sad to see that go, but it's, it'll be cool to see what kind of technology they use. They say it's going to be uh, essentially a 3D or like a 2.5D ride where you're not going to need the 3D glasses, but you will have different uh, features of the ride come out at you and, and kind of give you that perception of 3D. Um, and it just, I'm really excited to see Mickey really thoroughly in a park because right now he's in all the shows. You can meet him everywhere, but you don't get a chance necessarily to, um, you know, to be able to, to ride a ride that's dedicated to the mouse. And this makes a lot of sense that they're going to open it up right about the time. I'm, I don't know if it'll open before or after galaxy's edge, but uh, we'll, we'll wait and see. And Hollywood studios has some great days ahead of it, which I'm really excited about. Are there any other news items coming out of that panel that anybody wanted to share? Oh, there was a ton of stuff. Uh, You know, I'm really excited about the Star Wars Hotel. I mean, that is going to be unbelievable. You're talking about a fully immersive experience to where they're going to, uh, you know, you're you're going to get um, pretty much just placed into the story for two days. And uh, it'll be connected to Hollywood, to uh, to, uh, Hollywood Studios. You you know, you'll be able to go right into the park, it looks like, and... uh, and just stay immersed in a Star Wars story for two days. So now we are theater people, Vanessa and I. We love doing our community theater and going to theater and all that. Justin, I don't necessarily know your background in full, but do you think that the Disney audience will buy into you check into this hotel, you're given a persona, and that's essentially – I mean, you can kind of go with it as you will. Like you could get fully into it and role play that to your heart's desire. Or I guess you can kind of just – um, go along the edges of that. So do you think that it's going to be something that the Disney fan community just jumps on? I think it's going to be huge. And and here's why. Take, for example, Mickey's Not So Scary. Grownups, they long, they, they want to be able to dress up and play a part in the parks, which they can't do at any other time except for Mickey's Not So Scary. If you allow them to go into something like Star Wars, which is a beloved, beloved franchise, I think I think this is going to be one of the hardest things to book for the first five to 10 years that it is open. 
Absolutely. It's going to be incredible. The, and the, the price is going to be up there as well, uh, in the, in the stratosphere for sure. So, um, it'll be interesting to see what kind of experience that, that brings to the parks and it just fully integrates. Like you mentioned, people are going to be able to walk right out of this hotel and go straight into galaxy's edge mm-hmm. and not necessarily have to pass through any other area of the park. And that was a big announcement out of this panel as well. So with that, if you want to go check it out, just go to Disney parks blog, um, check and search for the D 23 panel. You can actually see the whole panel on YouTube. And uh, I encourage you to do that, especially if you're a fan of the parks, because we've got some great stuff coming our way. And now we're going to move right into those questions that we got from the Disney Facebook groups. And this is kind of an amalgamation. A lot of these came from the Disney Dads uh, Facebook. But we also have a Diz Fan Central Facebook group uh, that Brett helps run, kind nice. of more for us in the central part of the country, right? So uh, we've got a couple of questions from there as well. And I'm going to start with one of the questions from them. And this is more geared towards Justin because you've had a uh, kiddo in the park. So... Are breaks necessary when staying on site with a pre-K-aged child uh, just to avoid meltdowns and things like that? Would you recommend breaks, and how do you recommend handling that if you're taking a kid to the park for the first time? I wouldn't. I don't know if I'd say necessary. I'd say encouraged uh, because you know your child better than I know your child. Um, mine, it was a little ball of energy and could just go all day long and then crash at night. But we, one of the things I really recommend to new parents, younger parents – is take advantage of the baby care centers. Even if you don't have a baby, say you have a two, three, or four-year-old, take them in, let them sit down, let them watch a movie for a little bit, just to cool down, get away from the you know the hustle and bustle of the park, or find a uh, find a bench and just take a 20, 30-minute rest if you don't want to go all the way back to your resort. We really enjoyed our pool time, so we typically always take two hours to go back, lay by the pool, let her relax, let her rest. Um, but, yeah, I, I encourage it for sure. If Otherwise, you're going to have that infamous Disney meltdown that uh, that we all see as we walk through the parks. And then, and then you're the parent yelling at your kid, yeah. you're at the happiest place on earth. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're going to enjoy that Mickey bar. <laughs> Do you know how much money I spent to get here? Right? That's yep, like the yep. worst thing you could probably say during a vacation. Um, <laughs> and I know that you and I disagree on this, uh, having listened to your your show, but I'm a rope drop guy. I, oh, I got to yeah, get yeah. there first thing in the morning. And the nice part about that is that you can get almost everything done before people like Justin are even awake. Right. That's and right. Uh, then we can, you can go back to the hotel with a small kid. I imagine that that might be beneficial as well, because mm-hmm. I know my kids up at six. So if you can get him into the park earlier, get some rides under your belt and then go back to the hotel for a break, then uh, I think that might help. Yeah, make I would sure say you avoid so. the meltdowns. I would say so. We're, we're I, I, ha- I hate to say, uh, I've never done rope drop. So I, uh, I <laughs> we're not the early morning people. Even our, even our kid is not an early morning person. She's, uh, if she had her option at five, she would be in bed till nine, nine thirty every morning. Um, so whenever we're at Disney, it's kind of our happy place, and we sleep in, go to the pool for a while, and then kind of head over to the parks. I totally get that, but I'm just so excited to get into the park. Right? I know, I know, I know. Trust I'm me. Right there. What are Vanessa? What's your strategy for that? Do you, are you a rope drop girl or not? No. Uh, well, I, I would go at rope drop. It's just I'm never with anyone that wants to do that, so I usually have to go like late morning, early afternoon, and then we stay through till the end. That's been working, but I, I'm I'm hoping to do rope drop. You know, I want to check it off the list. Okay. Well, just come with Anna and I, and then we'll, we'll okay. make sure we hit rope drop. Uh, I'll go to Vanessa with this one next because uh, this one's going to be a question for both of you. What would your dream job be at Disney? Oh, I already know. It is the skipper on the Jungle Cruise. Hmm. I, I love puns. I'd be very good at it. I can say the backside of water. I can do it. Just I need Disney to give me a chance. Let me have my moment. So there you go. That's that's my application right there. Absolutely. We'll send it right in. Thank you. You know, you can still do the college program. You just got to go and en- enroll in some college classes and then yeah. you're all set. I'm yeah, so mad cool. I didn't do the college program. If anybody oh, is I like know. between the ages of 18 and 22 listening to this, apply for the college program immediately uh, because I would have loved to do that. So, Justin, what about your favorite job at Disney? 
I'm going to surprise you. If I couldn't be an Imagineer, if I'm going to be something in the parks, I would go custodial. And here's why. Custodial, they have more freedom than anyone else in the parks. They get to interact with more guests. They can uh, they can create more magic. You know, they're constantly wandering the parks. And uh, I, I really recommend to people, if you have five minutes, you see um, – Custodial, maybe walking, uh, walking through Epcot like that. If you talk to them, most most of most of them are retired, and they'll tell you amazing stories. I mean, they they'll be able to tell you some of the best things about Disney. And uh, so, yeah, it would be custodial. And people think that's so strange. My wife's like, "You're such so odd." I'm like, "Yeah, but I wouldn't be stuck in one place. I could walk around, talk to people." I totally get that because like our, our friend Kelly, who, uh, former cast member at Kilimanjaro Safaris, that sounds like a really cool gig, but you would do it over and over and over and over again. And now granted it changes, at least that ride changes uh, just about every time. But as far as I, you know, I've always thought that my job at Disney, because we're already mapping out our retirement and trying to you know, get those part-time jobs. Uh, so we get our park access while we're down there. And I, I just think it'd be fun just to work at like a, one of the um, resort uh, gift shops, because then you like way less stress. You're not like working in the emporium where there's a million people trying to buy an umbrella because it started raining. Um, You're in, in in particular, I I love Port Orleans Riverside is my place. It's where I feel like home. So um, I would just say right in there. And I know that's kind of outside of the, the parks, but I, I would love it. I think I would have a great time there. So, uh, Justin, we'll go back to you for the next question. What is one thing you must do every time you're in Walt Disney World? Mm-hmm. Right, right, Splash Mountain. And that's been tough because it's been down for refurb. So I've been really bummed the last couple of times we've been down. Splash is my absolute favorite. Yep. Absolutely. So just the story, all of it, or I I think it's one of the best themed rides Mm -hmm. of any park, not even Disney park, but of any park anywhere and a family ride. And I think for me, it's, it's more personal because it's really the first time my daughter, I saw her kind of take that leap into that next, uh, those, those higher end rides, you know, and just seeing her three, four years old hands up going down. And it's just, it's one of my favorite pictures of all time. So Splash is my, that's, that's my, that's my go-to right there. That's great. Vanessa? I actually have uh, me writing Splash Mountain in my bathroom. So I agree. It's yeah. a very important ride. <laughs> You're right. Uh, so uh, my must-dos, this is going to sound really weird, um, but whenever I start the Disney vacation, the thing that I love the most is turning on the TV and seeing the the menu screen, and then the, the and I meant to look this up, I'm so sorry, the must-dos lady, um, and it's mm-hmm. just on repeat, and it's like 17 minutes or 12 minutes long. I love watching that. It just gets me excited to get to go to the parks and get to go to the restaurants, and that's just the start of it all. So that's that's my must-do. It drives my mom crazy, but, you know, I can quote lines from it. She hates it, but it's it's great. It's really fun. Now, I certainly have rides in every park that I would love to do. Um, for instance, uh, we have not gotten to take our uh, son to Disney parks yet, but um, he's so in love and enamored with Peter Pan and has been since he was born. And so Peter Pan is something special that we do. And I, I get that people say it's way too long of a wait for what you get. Um, generally, we fast pass it or rope drop it, so we're not waiting very long. Um, but it, it's just one of those rides that, that really sticks with me. But I would say the absolute must-do that I have is the last thing we do, and that is uh, we go to Main Street. We go to the Main Street Fire, uh, to the Emporium first, and we buy a postcard. And then you go to the Main Street Firehouse, and you can buy a stamp. And we send ourselves a card, a postcard from Disney, from Main Street. And that's usually the last thing that we do. Usually it says something to the effect of see you real soon. And uh, it's just become a little tradition of ours. And so we, we love doing that. And uh, we'll hopefully pass along that tradition to Liam as well. That's very cool. That's very, very cool. Yeah, for sure. Um, so uh, we'll go to Vanessa next. What's your favorite <laughs> Disney princess? Oh, yeah. So I thought about this uh, for some time, and I think I'm going to have to go with what five-year-old Vanessa would say, and that is Jasmine from Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I like she's sassy. She's pretty. She's got it all. So Jasmine, that's what I'm going with. That's a pretty oh, good poll. 
<laughs> Brett is uh, must be watching this because he texted me and told me Stacy is the name of the lady on the must-dos. So thank oh, you, right. Brett, for, for <laughs> chiming in. Oh, that's excellent. That's excellent. Um, so, Justin, who's your favorite Disney princess? Uh, probably Rapunzel, just because I think I've seen Tangled 200 too many times. And uh, <laughs> definitely, yeah, I, I, Rapunzel. She's a free spirit, loves it, and uh, that's, that's who I'd probably go with. Okay. You asked me tomorrow, that'll change. Fair enough. And, you know, I should probably say Moana because we're obsessed with that movie now, or at least our little one is. And so we've seen her a million times. Um, but I got to go with Belle, you know, just the Beauty and the Beast, being a musical theater lover. That that movie was the first movie that was like a true musical through and through. Um, and I, I love that character. Um, I actually really enjoyed Emma Watson in that role, uh, when they made the live action remake, she couldn't sing it quite as well as you'd hope, but she acted, uh, really well in that role. And so I'd have to go with Belle. So we got a couple more here. Um, this one I thought was interesting and, uh, I'll go to Justin first on this. What do you collect from the parks? Oh, we collect a lot of things. Um, probably the biggest thing is art. We collect, uh, we collect art. Um, we purchased, uh, different pieces from Disney cruise line. We've purchased different pieces from, uh, the arts festival. We just picked up, uh, three, three or four new pieces. And, uh, we also collect, um, different, uh, figurines, things like that. Uh, hats, buttons, shirts, this everything, you know, whatever we get our hands on, you know, we're like, we're like that meme where, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, go to the grocery, only the necessities, you know. Uh, go go shopping. I only need socks, and then go to Disney, and you just throw money in the air. You know, that's pretty, much <laughs> pretty much pretty much what we're like. So <laughs> that's perfect, Vanessa. <laughs> oh, I don't collect anything from the park. Well done. <laughs> no, I, well I'm done. just kidding. Uh, normally, you know, cups, mugs. I actually, I'm kind of in the boat where I'm getting too much, so I'm trying to cut back and just collect memories. But <laughs> you know. I'm sure something will come up and I'll be like, I have to have that. You know, you see, you, you sound corny there when you say collect memories, but one of the things I would say to collect, um, people keep asking on these different Disney groups, if photo pass is worth it, it's absolutely worth it because mm -hmm. then you're not, you know, yes, the cast member will take your phone and will take a picture with it. They don't take it. They, they probably, they act like they're taking a great picture with your cell phone. They're really not caring too much to take a picture of your cell phone. Um, but also it's not that much of a cost. If you think about all the pictures, all the videos, everything that you get. So, so that's a good tip for people is asking whether or not, um, you think photo pass mm -hmm. is worth it. I totally do think it's worth it. Um, but my thing that we collect right now is, uh, we got into the Pandora jewelry, jewelry for Anna. So, um, started as a mother's day gift and now we've kind of added a bead here and there, we got a bead from the Disney dream. Um, so that's kind of where that's probably the thing that we collect the most other than and pictures and the postcards. And of course I've got way too many shirts and all of that as well. Um, but we just love everything Disney, right? So the last question that I have is by far the hardest. And I don't, I don't really have an answer to this. So maybe we can spitball it and kind of come up with one. This came from a listener from the Disney dads. Uh, and you have some intelligent listeners because oh, they asked, yeah, definitely. they asked if you could create your own Disney movie, what would be about and what would the title of your movie be? Holy moly. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't, people work, like, don't people work for years on this. All right. Let me, uh, let me you got to think about what, uh, what hasn't been done yet in a, like what hasn't been Disney fied. And, and we mentioned like, because of the Fox deal, like Anastasia is now, right. She's technically kind of, she's almost a Disney princess at this point. So, Oh man. It's uh, you know, it'd be interesting to see a animated um, kind of uh, how, how can I put this? Well, wow, that's a tough one. An animated spin on the royal family. Oh, yeah. You know, because like you have a great setting with London and with Buckingham Palace, and go back to the nineteen forties, nineteen fifties with a, with a young Queen Elizabeth. 
and and the kids and everything. And but I'm probably just saying that because I just watched two episodes of The Crown last night. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say, you know, there, this is on Netflix. Maybe not. I, uh, but <laughs> I mean, this one is just so tough. It's um, so hard. You know, I guess maybe maybe I would have it focus on a ride, but some of those movies have been so awful. How about this? It's already been done. I don't care. I'm cheating. Um, the, the person can write me later, but I would say a good Haunted Mansion movie is what I would love to see. Mm-hmm. Something like, yeah. you know, that there was rumor that Guillermo del Toro had a script out there for a Haunted Mansion movie. Let me see that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that would be that would be really, and I was really excited. I don't know if you all saw the preview um, that someone was trying to get made for the Haunted Mansion mm-hmm. uh, shorts or like the, the, the animated cartoons. Uh, I haven't heard anything else about that. I don't know if it's going to be made or if it's it's coming to fruition. You all might know more about that. Well, but, from what I read, it, it was one of those that it was tested, and then they decided to take a pass on it. But it got such a social media reaction. God, I would Disney, love to see that. Disney really pays attention to that stuff, so I feel like maybe they might give it a second look. But Vanessa, you've stayed awfully quiet. What's your genius strategy to pitch to uh, Walt Disney Studios? Okay, guys. So I think they should make a movie about a group of podcasters. Make it a live movie. I already know who they could cast. <laughs> I feel like this is but, your, the easiest way out possible. Okay, okay. So with Pixar, you can literally say anything, and it could be a movie now. So I was thinking, it you know, something mysterious, like how about um, suitcases at the airport? You know, what happens after you give your suitcase away? Because, mm. you know, we've got... Monsters, the body, the emotions. It could be anything now, thanks to Pixar. So there you go. If it happens, we're going to play this back and show them the moment I thought of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, this will be in a lawsuit somewhere where you're trying to make some money. Exactly, yep. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thanks for uh, asking all those questions, guys. And and if uh, you have more, post them in DizFan Central. And, of course, uh, if you, like I said earlier, if you're not part of the Disney Dads podcast Facebook group, you need to be because it's great. Mm-hmm. And uh, they'll continue to answer all those questions for us. And we'll take a quick break. And then we'll, once we come back, then we will be ready to talk cool runnings. Howdy, partner. Are you looking for a big new podcast to make a splash in your ears? Well, cast away your troubles and listen extremely loud and incredibly close. Tom Hanks's filmography is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. I'm your best good friend, Elvis Kunesh, and I host Tom Hanks Giving, a podcast where every week a special guest and I discuss a different Tom Hanks movie. We analyze the plot. That sequence is incredibly sad. And I should cry. <laughs> Rank his performances. Everything, the way he shakes his hands, the way he moves his mouth, his spitting. Discover hidden meanings. So you're anyway. taking a lot of moments that feel like sloppy filmmaking and suggesting that they are an argument for divine intervention. Yes, and above all, celebrate the spirit of friendship. This is why I'm marrying this guy. <laughs> Catch us if you can by searching Tom Hanks Giving on your podcast app or go to TomHanksGiving.com. I sure hope you'll join us. And until then, thanks for listening. Tom Hanks. And we're back. Hello, everybody. Wonderful how that works, right? Uh, but we are excited to talk about the Winter Olympics and our favorite Walt Disney picture about the Winter Olympics. Feel the rhythm, feel the rhyme, get on up, it's bobsled time. We're talking about cool runnings. The 1993 classic, it's 25 years old. Can you guys believe that? It's insane. Don't say it's- that. Don't because you're aging me when you say stuff like that. Okay. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, well, what's crazy about this movie is that it took a while to get made. And um, so when you think that it's about the 1988 Jamaican bobsled team, it's almost like they went immediately. They, they saw that story and they decided they were going to make a movie about this because it, it went through two different directors and before it finally, it finally got made. And then also some of the cast was 
they commented that they were walking around with the script for a year and a half or so. You add about a year of production on that. You're talking about like 1990 is when this became an idea. So it's interesting that, uh, that they decided to bring this story. And I should put out a disclaimer before we go into some of our first impressions and first thoughts about the movie that none of this, just basically none of this movie is true. So, um, sorry to break any, uh, I, uh, any illusions that you had from childhood or, or when you're a teenager or whenever, or an adult watching this film. Um, most, if not all of this is fabricated, <clears throat> even though it says that it's inspired by a true story, they use that inspired by, uh, in a very loose way. So just, it was kind of a bummer when I read all about that, but uh, just nearly every facet of this movie isn't true, but I, I still absolutely love it. So uh, Vanessa, I'll go to you first. Let's talk about our first impressions of cool runnings. Well, uh, I remember watching it when I was a kid and um, I just remember my parents really loving it, loving the Jamaica. We've got a bobsled team. Like my mom would go around our house just singing that. So, um, you know, when you suggested that rewatch it, I was, I was so excited to rewatch it because it's, it's been so long. And, and, you know, I think it still holds up. It's been some time since I've seen it, but it's still a good movie. It's got a great message. The humor is still there. So um, I think that's my, my, my first impression that if you, if you haven't seen this film, go ahead and see it. Of course, it has that 90s filter, if you will. But it still holds up. It's still a good movie to see. Absolutely. If you haven't seen this, what, what have you been doing? I mean, it's Winter Olympics time. You've got to go out and watch it right now, right? So, Justin, uh, talk about your first impressions. Uh, if you remember the first time you saw it, uh, that kind of thing. What, what are your thoughts? I don't remember the first time I saw it. I don't think it had that strong of a, of a pull on me. <laughs> oh, that, come on. That 20 years later, I, I still would. Um, but I, I, di- I did watch it a lot as a kid and as a teenager. Uh, it was, seemed to be one of those movies you would always catch coming on at like 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock, and you just found yourself watching it all the way through. Because um, it does have a lot of great comedic performance to it, um, a lot of one-liners. It's, it's, uh, it's an easy watch, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can sit down. You don't have to be completely 100% into the movie. So I always enjoyed the movie a lot, and I actually sat down knowing I was going to be able to come on, uh, come on, talk with you guys, sit down and watch it again. And I enjoyed it as much now, you know, in my mid-30s as I did back then. I, I had fun with it. So it's, it's I, a fun movie. I totally agree. You know, it's, uh, it's one of those movies that it's got great heart to it. And not only that, but it's, it's really funny. You know, everything, every line that they deliver in that, um, it just seems like it's, it's really well written. And, uh, I, I like that it's just a movie, like you said, you could put on the background. It's a, a fun movie you can play around your kids. Um, and there, there's a slight bit of language here and there, but nothing crazy and, uh, just a enjoyable experience. And I don't care that it's not true because I, I think that like growing up, that's, I had this vision of the Jamaican bobsled team and this is what I thought. So, uh, you know, I'm sorry guys, but this is, this is what, uh, what Disney has done to me. They, they made me think that this is a, an absolute true story. So, Let's talk about some of the uh, characters that are in this movie, uh, some of the actors that portrayed those characters, and what our thoughts are. And I think the the first person that you have to talk to talk about when you talk about this movie is John Candy and his performance. This was actually one of the last uh, movies that he uh, made before his death, and I believe it was the one, the last one that was theatrically released before his death. And of course, he filmed. He was. He died while filming. Uh, I believe it was Wagons East, wasn't it? I, don't quote me on that. But um, but he died while filming that movie, and so that was released posthumously. But this was the last film that was in theaters uh, prior to his death, and it's one of his best roles, in my opinion. Uh, but I won't go too much into that. I'll, I'll start. I'll let you start, Vanessa. What are your thoughts about John Candy in this film? Oh, well, I had actually forgotten that he was in this film, and I was super excited when I saw him on screen. Um, You know, he's just so lovable, even when he's playing a kind of, well, he starts off the movie as kind of like a has-been character, and he's kind of grouchy, and he's not happy, but he's there's still something so lovable about him. Um, I think he did a great job. He's just, you know, 
you play a coach with some struggles, but you love him. Um, I liked his rapport with the other characters in the movie. Um, believable to me that he would be coaching them and, and coaching them well. So um, it was a little sad to see, like, John Candy. Oh, I love you. Why? Why? Too soon. Too young. So, but, um, but I was really glad to see him in this film. Absolutely. Well, you know, like you said, uh, the, the interactions he has with Doris are such a great mentor relationship and it's it's built up over time because at the beginning of the film of course he's he's like lobbing things at him trying to get him out of the way telling him to stop uh talking to him and then towards the end it's a really nice father-son relationship almost um when he goes and uh towards the end of the film there's a scene where Darice is looking over the turns for probably i don't know the the thousandth time that he's doing that and uh, Irv, John Candy's character, comes in and just says, hey, do you want to go grab a bite to eat? And Dree says, no, I'm good. And he says, oh, I, that's what I thought. You know, that you would, of course, want to be studying this, these. So, um, you know, his comedic timing is unmatched by anyone else. If he go back and listen to our Planes, Trains, and Automobiles podcast with Lou and Scott and I, if you want to uh, hear more about that. But, but, you know, it's just like the he always brings a sense of, of heart to his characters. And this is no different. This, this really is kind of an anti-hero. We, we shouldn't necessarily like him as much as we do because he cheated his way out of the Olympics, you know? So, um, but he's, he's really redeemed in this character. Justin, what, what did you think about John Candy's performance in this movie? He's fantastic, but he's fantastic in about everything he does. Um, I'm I'm a little weird though because I think I like the character the first ten minutes he's on he's on screen better than any other time in the movie like yeah. just that old beaten down curmudgeon just you know doesn't want anything to do with anybody really uh, when he's sitting there at, at the bar and he has he's gambling all his money on you know on, on the on the horse race and you know instead of just being upset he beats the the radio with you know it's just like, <laughs> yeah. the guy the guy is fantastic it's just his. He, his personality just takes up the screen and, and you, you know, you don't want to look away. So I, he's, he's really, really good. I wish we had gotten more out of him, you know, uh, more, more films, but uh, he's a legend. And uh, I don't think, and, and a lot of people don't realize that this, you know, it was a Disney film. This is a Disney live action film. And I think one of the best ones they've done. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's, he's definitely the draw of the, uh, of the movie. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, the, the other actors do a, a fantastic job as well. And we'll talk about them. But um, like you were saying in that first 10 minutes, uh, when he looks at a picture of himself from like 20 years ago and he's just like, oh, God, look at me. You know, it's just mm-hmm. it's one of those lines that you kind of laugh at it because here's uh, obviously a pretty heavy set John Candy looking at a, a skinnier. But that couldn't have been an actual picture of him. I, the, the guy's like. You know, I, I don't know. He seems like a true bobsledder that, right, in right. Picture. but, uh, it just, it was, it's great. The, the, this, his interaction with the team as well is just such uh, a fantastic relationship that was built up, um, in a pretty quick process. All principal photography of this movie was done in 60 days. So that's, I mean, that's a really quick shoot, um, to get into character get those relationships built and make them look believable. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that the next character we ought to talk about, and uh, my apologies, this is a predominantly black film. Um, lots of great African-American portrayals and or, or African portrayals. Not all of them are Americans. Um, but the, uh, but of course I started with John Candy because he's the name, but this, this cast through and through does fantastic job as well at uh, portraying these characters. And we got to talk about Darice. Uh We've got to talk about Leon, no last name needed, just Leon uh, <laughs> in the credits. Um, but what do you feel about his portrayal of a, um, basically a son that's trying to live up to his father's uh, gold, you know, in getting to the Olympics, being able to go through and, um, participate on that level. And it almost seems like he's always trying to match his father. He, he's always trying to, it's weird because he's painted as the leader in this movie, but it's almost like at every step of the way, he's following something, whether it's his dad or it's the Swedes, um, whatever that might be. So Justin, we'll start with you on this one. What do you think about Leon? Well, being a Disney dad, I'm going to take it to Disney for a second. And I, I see a lot of Walt in Leon. Leon's portrayal and the fact that he knows 
what he wants with his life. He knows his goals at a young age, and he will stop at absolutely nothing to get them, to achieve them. And he, uh, you know, he, he has a dream, and, I mean, he's from Jamaica. And he doesn't let the fact that he's not going to the Olympics in his preferred sport stop him to, mm-hmm. to, to reach that goal. So he's a, a fantastic, fantastic casting uh, with him. He plays that part amazingly well. And, uh, and really plays that big brother role for the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, he's, he becomes the, the team leader. That's actually a, a bit of a point of contention in the film when they first get their push car that they're going to practice on. And Sanka just assumes that he's going to be the driver. And they're like, no, and he's like, no, Doris. Irv's like, no, Doris is going to be the driver. And, um, just even that little scene, that little tension, he plays that really well. Just the, there's subtleties in his performance that I, I really enjoy. But Vanessa, any comments on Leon? Yeah, you know, I, I'm more of the comedic characters. That's my pull. But um, I was thinking about this because I was reading that um, Denzel, who I love. So Denzel, if you're listening, of course you are. Um, you know, I was thinking what kind of movie would it have been had Denzel been cast? And um, Denzel's wonderful, but I think it would have been the Denzel movie. It wouldn't have been mm-hmm. a movie about mm-hmm. this team. So I think the casting was very smart. And that, and how he, you know, his, his he acted his way as part of the team, and um, of course that's the storyline as well. But it, he did it in a, somewhat of a subtle way. His his acting wasn't over the top. Um, it was very well done. So I, I really like. We always say this, Craig, where we talk about what what the movie would have been like, and we always end up saying we like the movie as is. So I think that's still the case with this film as well. Right. Maybe we're not just idealistic enough to be able to imagine what, what that movie could have been. But one of the other casting things I'm um, just pulling from trivia is that uh, Eddie Murphy was up for Sanka at one point, but kind of balked at the money. They, they didn't offer him enough. They didn't want to pull back that Scrooge McDuck cash for him. So he decided to, to not get into the role. But I, I agree that Denzel might have been too big of a presence for this kind of a part. And um, even if he, obviously he can play a great leader, does later in a wonderful uh, Disney film, Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I think that he would have been too big of a presence for this kind of a role. Um, but let's go on to the rest of the team. And I'm going to kind of lump these guys together because – I do want to talk about favorite scenes and things like that as well. Um, but is there any particular member of the other three members of the team outside of our leads that uh, you'd like to talk about? Vanessa? Well, let's talk about Sanka then. His comic, uh, or, okay, I'm not familiar with Dougie Doug. I know the name, but I couldn't think of any references. He's, he was, timing... Disney really tried to make him a thing in the 90s. So. Okay. <laughs> Well, I thought he was great. His timing was just really on point, very funny. Um, I really liked his character a lot. It, it just added that humor that you want to have in a film without being too over the top, which is why I wouldn't have cast Eddie Murphy. So good that Disney saved their money on that. Yeah, he was in um, That Darn Cat and uh, another Happily Ever After um, I'm just trying that to look. Darn cat. <laughs> yes. We all, we all know Shark that one, right? you, you know, I'll give him this. He has consistently worked since Cool Runnings, and that's not true of some of our actors here. So, uh, good on him. But, but yeah, I like Senka a lot. Uh, he's the nice comic relief of this, uh, movie. You know, I, I, I don't know. It, to me, it's one of the more surface level performances, uh, in this movie, but I, I do enjoy, uh, the sensibilities that he brought to the character. And, um, it's too bad that, that Dougie Doug is not, you know, a household name still to this day, but he does have something coming out in 2017. Um, little girl gone. Oh, okay. I was going to say that darn dog. That darn dog, right? <laughs> Absolutely. That darn fish, that darn whale. That... You got anything on Sanka or any of the other guys, Justin? Yeah, actually, a little side note on Sanka is uh, we have the Yankees minor league baseball team here in Charleston, South Carolina, and the opening week they're doing Cool Runnings Day, and Dougie Doug's going to be <laughs> at the stadium. <laughs> That's awesome. So we're, we we go to tons of River Dogs games, so uh, we'll probably be down there and, and get to meet him and. 
you know, that's a, that's awesome. Yeah, it'll be a lot of fun. So, well, don't tell him I, I subtly trashed him. A little I bit. won't. No, uh, you're good. I won't point him. Out. <laughs> <laughs> you know, though, I don't see I don't see anyone else doing that role as well as he did. As far yeah. as you know, he kind of took a backseat to those bigger players, but he had his moments of just hilarity. Um, but but it, you know, he definitely doesn't have the he doesn't carry the heart of the movie like mm-hmm. I think some of the other ones do. Totally. I mean, he's our comic relief, you know, he, and in that role, he does it very well. He's very funny. Um, there's still moments throughout the whole, uh, throughout the whole movie that he just makes you laugh kind of out of nowhere. It's, it's weird because it's a Disney movie. So it like looking back on things that were cut from the script and, and uh, doing a bit of research on that, obviously this would have been Disneyified. So I'll put that disclaimer out there, but there was supposed to be um, sort of a sex scene between him and some of the Swedish uh, skiers. So <laughs> I don't know how that would have worked, <laughs> but or at least maybe would have been alluded to, but glad that that didn't make it in. Uh, what about the other guys, uh, Vanessa? Anything about Junior or uh, Yule Brenner, which I love that um, name. Yeah, that is a great name, actually. Um, I... I- thought they were good um I, I probably liked yule's character a little bit more than juniors um but you know they had pretty much typical storylines of what i thought they were going to happen they don't like each other and then they end up being kind of like brotherly um but it was good it's it's it you know it completes the whole movie everyone has to have a thing going on with their character so mm-hmm. absolutely um and I should give them their duo. Raul Lewis played Junior, and Malik Yoba played Yule Brenner. Um, and, you know, I, I like these guys because obviously they play off of one another throughout the whole film. Uh, you know, it's Junior that trips Doris and Yule, and that's why they don't make the Summer Olympics. And it, it's redeemed towards the end. Um, you know, when Yule takes him into the bathroom at the bar and says, you got to stand up for yourself. And that really is kind of a turning point for that character. Um, we don't get to explore it too much, but you do get it a little bit with his dad. You know, that same pep talk that Junior got by Yule, he then gives to his dad when he's there. And he's saying, no, I'm not going to go with you. I'm not going to live this life. I'm, I'm going to do my own thing, which, um, you know, had had Junior's dad listened to the Disney Dads podcast, he would have been a much better father figure, um, for sure. So, but Justin, what do you think about the other two guys in the bobsled? Well, Yule's definitely the, the little brother. Uh, oh, not Yule, uh, Rawl is the little brother of the group. I mean, uh-huh. he, he is, you see him grow as a person from the second the movie starts to the second it ends. And I, Malik, uh, his, his role is just fantastic. I mean, you talk about somebody who is unlikable, you know, no one wants to be around him, but then to become that big brother to the rest of them or, or to, you know, to, uh, especially to, to Junior's character is, uh, it's, it's really something I think you see a lot of families go through, you know, as everyone kind of takes their place within the family structure. So it's, that's one thing they did with the writing that I thought was really unique was everyone kind of had their own, own family aspect of, uh, of family role within the group. Yeah, totally. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and I liked that, uh, you know, they, at, at the at beginning, they kind of poked fun at Yule for being a little bit more naive and, and just not having a lot of street sense. Um, but then towards the end, he's a bit redeemed as well. And it's kind of that whole coalescing as a family thing uh, to try to help each other out. And Junior's, you know, offering to help him study and, and just things like that, that, um, I really, I guess I've never thought of it as a family aspect, but they really do come together as a family, don't they? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Well done. You should have oh, a movie you. review podcast for I'll, sure. I'll, I'll just tip my hat with, with, with you guys on this one. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so let's talk about our favorite scenes. Uh, is there a particular scene that stands out in your mind when you're, when you're thinking about this movie? And we'll start with Justin. Yeah, I think you have to go straight to the end. Yes. Uh, with, with them carrying the bobsled uh, across the finish line after they, uh, you know, after they crash, uh, you know, it's, that's the ultimate, you know, you know, your goal, you want to get there and, and nothing's going to stop you. And I think though most of us approach life that we, we like to think we approach life that way to where we're going mm-hmm. to keep going. And, uh, and it's, you know, 
they, like I said, it's a family. They all came together at the end and, and they all, they all did it. They crossed the finish line. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, a lot of that was taken straight from the actual footage of the Jamaican bobsled team. They also had a major crash. It wasn't due to any mechanical malfunction, um, but it was actually just due to driver error because they weren't as experienced as other guys. So, um, so a lot of that, you know, what's, what's crazy is there's like a scene towards the end of that where I think it's, it would be Yule, you know, it, Again, these are all fictitious characters or whatever, but they use the real um, footage. And when Yule uh, has like his head up against the railing at the end, every time it just gives me the willies because I'm like, that has to hurt so bad um, when that guy actually had that crash. So, um, but it's nice that it's all, um, you know, they're able to finish the race. And there's a lot, there's a really good message in that for kids that I think. Um, isn't beaten over the head with you because here we had this lovely scene of Irv saying, you know, the way that you finish this race will tell you a lot about yourself. And then that's foreshadowing the fact that then uh, Darice is like, you know, we've got to, we've got to finish this race. We've got to do it. So Vanessa, do you have a particular scene that you wanted to highlight? So I just, I just want to say I'm kind of in the same boat. I was watching the last scene and I, this was totally unexpected, but when they started slow clapping, I started crying. <laughs> it's as, the as best I'm, slow clap ever. Right. As I'm assuming you guys did as well, right? You were. Yeah, absolutely. Right? I was, I was on. Yeah. Right, couldn't, exactly. couldn't stop. <laughs> exactly. So I just, oh man, what, what an ending. Like that's, that's a great way to end it. You know, if they had just won, it probably wouldn't have been as satisfying to see them have that last bit of struggle and finish. So that's great. If I can't use that one, cause it's already been said, I also <laughs> love it when, um, uh, Senka is, uh, what is it? Two stepping in the, <laughs> in the cowboy yeah, yeah. hat. And the bar. <laughs> I'm like, very nice. <laughs> I love, yeah. And like those culture shocky type scenes. I love the, them, um, coming out of the airport for the first time and Irv, walks out of the airport and it's just like, you know, um, it's just everywhere snowing like blizzard conditions. And then none of the guys follow him. I like stuff like that. It's just really (laughs) great. Um, but when I'm talking, when I think about scenes, obviously the ending is what comes to mind, but I also really like the scene kind of where they start to really coalesce is after, um, they have the terrible run, which which is funny. This is one thing I got to mention. So their terrible run is 58 seconds and their great, amazing, almost world record setting world record setting run is 56 and a half seconds. Now I know that like tens of a seconds and thousands of a seconds matter. I, I watched luge this weekend. I get it. But like to go from pure like elation that you're going to like get a medal to, you know, we are terrible. We should just quit now within like a, a second and a half. It just, uh, it's still better than their qualifying time, by the way, their, their worst run is still better than their qualifying time. But I do like that they all come together and they, they understand that they need to form their own identity um, and really move along as a team. They drop the Eins, Vines, Dryen stuff and they, they just move forward as a team. I really like that team building aspect of that scene as well. Um, let's move into things that maybe didn't quite work for us. And I'll go ahead and start. I, I mentioned the time thing that was more of a, a joke that didn't work. But um, the only thing I would say that didn't work is I wish that they would have taken more of the actual historical what really happened with this team and transplanted that into the movie. They could have definitely still made it more heroic. They could have done that through writing. But um, I was kind of bummed when I found out that all of the characters were also fictitious, like why not make it at least somewhat based on the guys that were actually in the sled, but that that's a a minor gripe for me because I think it's still a remarkable movie. I want to watch it at least once every four years, uh, getting ready for the winter Olympics and everything like that. Um, Vanessa, is there anything that you didn't quite get about this movie or didn't quite like? Well, I'll just kind of piggyback off uh, your comment. And that as I was reading about this movie and the national team, 
the actual Olympic team, um, they were kind of embraced by the other bobsled teams. They were seen as the underdogs. I think one team loaned them a, a backup bobsled so that they would qualify. So there, there really wasn't any of that, um, that particular um, drama um, in, in, the, in the real situation. And we see that with movies, like with Sully and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I understand that why they had to do that for the movie, but it, it is kind of a, a slight letdown when you read the true story and you're like, oh, okay, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't as terrible as this movie made out to be, but, um, you know, it, it is an interesting Sorry, they sure do make the Germans look awful in this movie, right? Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. And, and like the American coach that's like trying to cheat to get them out. I like, yeah. yeah, there's a lot of villains that are made in this movie. But, you know, I still love the movie overall. But I wonder if like maybe that was a bit heavy handed. I, I could see maybe they could have toned it down just a little. Justin, you got anything? Oh, not really. I'd have to be nitpicking. Uh, it gets a little slow at times, like right in the middle where it's kind of repetitive as far as the practicing and you know the adversity is there's kind of minimal adversity until they until they finally make it um but th- that's that's really just nitpicking overall i think i think it is what it is it's not something that you're going to uh whenever somebody asks your favorite movie you're not going to scream cool runnings out and raise your hand you know and want everyone <laughs> yeah. to hear you but it's a fun movie to watch and you can put it on with no matter who's in the room you can put it on it's a it's a you know it's just a, a fun movie to have on and i i enjoy it so Really, what you're saying is they don't do enough walking for you, right? Yeah, it's still running across. Yeah. The, it's like, all right, I get it. You're yeah, you need to understand. If they would have taken a bobsled to Mordor, you would have been right there, though. I would have um, been. Oh, yeah, that's uh, in a heartbeat. <laughs> so let's wrap things up. Is there anything else that you'd like to say about this this uh, wonderful film? My my final message on on Cool Runnings would be just to go watch it. I mean, we're right in the middle of the Olympics here. Um, I am one of those guys. I had a big argument with my coworkers this week. Because they said that the Olympics are overhyped and that, um, you know, the country ends up losing tons of money because they're not watched enough anymore. All of that jazz. I love the Olympics. I, I love that it brings the whole world together. I know that sounds corny, but I think um, it's something that's really necessary every two to four years that, um, I mean, look at the, you know, Paul, not obviously not talking politics, but North Korea and South Korea came in together. Like that's a thing that matters. So I, I think that cool runnings is one of those things that I just attach to the winter Olympics. I have to watch that. I know that Kevin Kolovic, a uh, guy that's always on our podcast. Um, he loves miracle. You know, there's some great stories that come out from the winter Olympics. And I would just say, just go watch cool runnings and watch the winter Olympics. I, I just read uh, that Sean white won another gold. So go for him. Um, and that's kind of my wrap up of this, but Justin, you got any final thoughts on cool runnings? No, you kind of, you, you nailed it. Uh, you know, give it, give it two hours. I think it's two hours. I think it's like an hour and 45 minutes, something yeah, like that. Hour and 38. Yeah. See, yeah. I mean, it's like you give it some time. Uh, I think that once people watch it, it's something that you, while you might not go search it out and have to buy it the next day, but you will watch it. If you catch it on TV, it is one of those movies that just grabs your attention once it's on, because it flows. You can have it on the background. You don't have to worry too much about really losing yourself in a, in a crazy, uh, crazy, uh, uh script, you know? Um, so yeah, I, I enjoy it. I'll watch it, uh, watch it tonight. I'll watch it again uh, sometime soon for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Vanessa, you know, cool runnings. It was the highest grossing live action film for its time. Um, I think part of that is, is it's a, it's a fun movie to watch and it's inspiring. It's, it's, loosely based on the true story and you know when you when you look at the olympics um you may even in your times when you're thinking i can't do that look at the what people can accomplish the sheer skill that they have how they can master these sports it's phenomenal so go watch the olympics go watch this movie you're gonna enjoy it Absolutely. Um, well, Justin, thank you so much for being on. Uh, this has been a great, great chance to chat with you. Uh, it's cool to uh, be able to interact with you kind of over hangouts here and uh, to get to know you a little bit better. And I uh, just want to give you an opportunity to plug your show because people need to go listen to it. Before I do that, I just want to thank you, Craig. Uh, n- not many people know this, but you reached out to us 
right when we started the show and you were, you were so nice and you, uh, and, you know, said any help that you can, uh, that you would give us, you would. And, and you just from the beginning have been uh, part of our Disney family. And we've really, really enjoyed getting to know you and getting to know your family and seeing pictures and, and all that. But uh, there's a lot of different ways you can find us. We're on Facebook, Disney Dads Podcast. The easiest way to find everything we have is at our website, www.disneydadspodcast.com. There you can find our social medias. You can find all our shows. We have two different shows, the Disney Dads Podcast, and we also have Walking with Walt, which is just a short 10 to 15-minute weekly show that dives into uh, the history of Walt Disney and the people that surround him and influenced his life. Um, also at our website, we have two different SoundCloud channels, so you can leave the browser open, and you can just listen to uh, hours of park music, park sounds, or if you go to Walking with Walt, there's a uh, separate SoundCloud that is all instrumental music, uh, Disney music. So put it on your desk, put it on your car, and uh, just let that play through. So uh, everything's right there at www.disneydadspodcast.com. I just want to thank you guys. I've had a blast. I've enjoyed it. And uh, thanks for letting me come come hang out and talk cool runnings with you all. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you're, you and the rest of the dads are welcome anytime you'd like. And uh, just thank you again. It's, it's, it's incredible what you guys have already built. Um, I think you started in September, right? Yeah, it, yeah, September. Like, so it's incredible what you got, and uh, you have such great uh, fans and engagement on everything. Um, so definitely, people need to go listen to this podcast. I don't know if I've said that enough this episode, right? Um, but uh, thank you again. And just to plug what we've got coming up uh, next month, like I said, I... I finally got Coco, so I can finally watch this movie that everyone has said is so incredible, uh, and I'm really looking forward to it, and uh, we'll definitely be doing that for the March podcast. So are you ready for that, Vanessa? I am so ready. You're ready for that, like, in November. <laughs> like, you know, I'm so far behind the times here, guys. Uh, but then looking forward, uh, one of the things that's actually coming up right around the corner, we're starting to organize a, a bit of a trip amongst uh, Brett and Anna and Vanessa and I. We are going to go to a D23 event in May. Uh, they're going to Marceline, Missouri. <sighs> And we're really looking forward to that. And our plan is to um, go to Marceline and maybe even just record our episode while we're there uh, if we get a chance to. So we're really looking forward to that. If you are not a D23 member, you can become a member pretty easily. Um, and it's well worth it. I just became a member not too long ago. You get an amazing amount of things and you get access to these events. Obviously, most of them are on the coasts whether they be in Anaheim, Burbank area, or um, in Orlando. But there are some uh, cool things that you get uh, through that membership right here in the, in the central part of the country as well. So, um, but outside of that, you can find all of our shows. We'll have our Oscar spotlights coming up. Um, we also will have a big full disclosure dropping this upcoming Monday from Black Panther. We're really excited about that. So check all those out. You can find us at www.thefrontroommoviereviews.com. And of course you can follow us on all of our social media, whether that be Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, all that jazz you can find us actually we switched everything over on our social media to the front row network because we are starting to uh, realize that we do so many different kinds of shows that we want to make sure that we get people uh, what they want and so that's why you can actually go and subscribe just to be on the mouse if you want on itunes now uh and you can also listen to us of course on our main feed that uh, has always been there for whatever 335 episodes or whatever we're at now so um so thank you again so much. Any final thoughts, any of you? Well, they're both shaking their head at me, and then no, they both. If you're if, when you're in Marceline, you have to do one thing for me. You have to go and sit under the dreaming tree, sit under Wall Street, uh-huh. and, uh, and and take a picture because uh, that's kind of where all this started. So absolutely. Well, we could do a Facebook Live on the Disney Dads group that day. That'd be fantastic. We'll we'll take you guys along with us. So thank you again for joining us, Justin. Thank you, uh, of course, Vanessa. And uh, we're looking forward to all the things that we have coming up here in the next couple of months. And with that, for Beyond the Mouse of the Front Row Network, I have been Craig McFarland. I'm Vanessa. And I'm Justin. And we will see you real soon in the front row. Bye.